0: Hi and welcome to the School Should Be podcast, a chance to hear from students, teachers and professionals to learn about all the things School Should Be. My name is Zahara and I am the founder of School Should Be. I've worked in schools for the past 10 years in a variety of roles from a classroom teacher to an education consultant. Schools are clouded by so many barriers, however my experience has shown me it is possible to overcome social and economic hurdles, archaic curriculum structures and be part of the unlearning process that our students and teachers need now more than ever. This podcast will explore a variety of themes, topics and viewpoints, all of which can make school a better place for students and teachers. I hope it helps you learn and smile along the way too. Please do leave a review, share and help us grow the School Should Be community. Right, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the School Should Be podcast Um, my name is Zahara and I am joined by Sophie Morris, accredited stress management and resilience coach. Hi Sophie. Hi Zahara, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. I'm really excited to be here today to talk Thank to you. you so much for joining us. Um, so Sophie is an introvert specialist and works with uh, introverted teenagers and their parents to support them to navigate their way through life, really.
1: Yeah, is absolutely. Yeah, no, that's what I do. And the reason sort of why I started doing what I do is I think so many people don't really understand introversion properly. And even the introverts among us don't necessarily know that we're introverted until much later in life. Um, and, or you know, as people become more aware, they sort of often realise that they wish they'd known their temperament and understood it when they were younger which is why I like to work with children and actually help them at an earlier stage in their life work with their introversion rather than feel it's something that they need to change about themselves.
0: Yeah and I think that's what when when we got in touch I was so interested with my background in teaching um, and spending so much of my career in the classroom because it's one of those things that you don't realize or you don't you don't consciously realize that teaching and the classroom is ultimately an extroverted environment
1: yeah absolutely and I think a lot of our world is and the classroom doesn't you know it doesn't just have to be for extroverts. but I think you're right that a lot of the way that things are set up is with that expectation to speak up to join in to contribute which introverts I mean they can do we can do all these things but we just will do it in a slightly different way to the extroverted students
0: and that's the, that's what we're addressing today, really, um, to support teachers and parents and even students, um, to manage and well, not manage, because I don't, I don't, I think that's the sort of wrong word as well, but to understand introversion and effectively to work towards it as a strength. I think the first question to ask is, what is an introvert, and is it important for people to know this because we know that especially in the culture that we live in now labels aren't exactly um appreciated Uh, so it'd be great to hear your definition of it
1: yeah no and i I completely take your point about labels and i know that a lot of people are quite anti being labeled whereas i feel that the understanding yourself as an introvert or an extrovert or an ambivert is really beneficial because it will help you to navigate your life and actually help you to understand your strengths and I think really introversion comes down mainly to um to your energy to where you get your energy from Um, and what I mean by that is that introverts are more likely to be drained if they're in a social situation with lots of people or a very stimulating environment with maybe lots of noise and lots of stuff going on even if they're having a great time and that's the thing you know so maybe you're at a gig or something and you love it but actually you just get drained by that number of of people and all the noise Um, and whereas extroverts it's those environments where they actually gain energy And introverts may be quieter. They may be some of the other um, sort of traits that people typically associate with them, but actually what it boils down to is really energy. And it's as simple as that why it's important is I think there is often a tendency because we do live in this extrovert extrovert world um, that we feel we all need to be more more extroverted even when we're introverts ourselves and actually that can be really dangerous if we don't understand where we get our energy from we can completely wipe ourselves out and end up sort of burnt out or even there is such a thing as an introvert hangover which right. I used to um, have a lot before I understood my own needs as an introvert.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's um, like you said, it's not necessarily about labeling. It's just about perhaps checking in with yourself and understanding your needs and your tendencies. And almost they're not necessarily anything to hold you back in any way, shape or form. It's just so that you can then almost, like we said, work towards your own strengths and figure out which particular environments or atmospheres that you thrive in. And also I think it helps with the power of no. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, understanding yourself and that's, and that's what I see it more as rather than a label is it's actually understanding who you are, how you work um, and learning to work with that. Because the thing is what research shows is introversion, extroversion they're our temperaments and they're with us for life. You know, it's kind of the way we're wired. There are lots of other behaviours that may change throughout our lives, but actually our temperament is fixed. And I think as an introvert, it's very easy to take on the extrovert way of doing things, which works brilliantly for the extroverts, but actually us introverts need an introvert-friendly way of
0: working. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we've kind of covered quite a bit there in terms of it's about being able to recognize that you don't need to adopt and adapt extrovert behaviors which sort of brings us onto the classroom really because I think as a teenager it's not really something that you're consciously aware of um so what might be for a teacher then or even for a parent what might be uh typical behaviors of an introverted teenager
1: um Firstly I just want to say don't look at the dictionary because the dictionary definitions okay. aren't great <laughs> and that's you know, so that's something that we're fighting against you know a typical um, dictionary definition will say something like an introvert is a quiet shy person who finds it difficult to talk to people. Um, yeah. You know, We may be quiet shyness has nothing to do with introversion and whether we find it hard to talk to people again that's nothing to do with introversion so you know yeah ignore the dictionaries but um what so I'd interesting me <laughs> being an
0: English teacher like,
1: like
0: yeah ignore yeah, the
1: dictionaries <laughs> ignore the dictionaries don't get me started on the synonyms because again they're awful <laughs>
0: um, every student I, right now is like probably thinking no longer right click on word yeah. to look for synonyms <laughs>
1: we are not wallflowers loners what else is there I mean, anyway yeah all those Gosh. things um, but no so really an introvert is likely to be quiet sometimes but that's what's really important is the context so if they are with in an environment where they feel very comfortable they might well be just as chatty as anyone else is who's around but then in situations where they feel less confident they are likely to be quieter um, They're generally people who are very observant. They might sort of hang around the side of... a new situation if they don't feel confident, kind of just sussing out the lie of the land, they probably reflect really, really deeply because they observe things that other people maybe don't see. They are deep thinkers. And with that deep thinking comes, you know, incredible problem solving skills. But the thing that the classroom can make difficult for all these traits in introverts is often you're not given the time to reflect, to come up, you know, to solve the problem. Because you you know, you may be called upon to answer in class where actually you haven't had the time to prepare, and I think this is one of the things that's really interesting is introverts work their brains quite differently to extroverts in that introverts need to process information before they speak, whereas extroverts will be processing while they speak. So obviously that plays to being in an environment with with other people, and I think that. Um, can make it hard for introverts to speak up and again this can be in a family environment it's not just in the classroom you know you may notice that in a family discussion if other people are louder that your introverted family members do just sort of tend to be a little bit more reticent and kind of call back introverts also often don't like to be the center of attention and will kind of actively retreat although that's not always the case because a lot of performers a lot of actors are introverts, but they will kind of perform, give of themselves, and then actually need to
0: retreat back to recharge and to gain energy before they do it again. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that about social media roles now, that a lot of people, especially young people sitting behind a screen, they're you almost think they're an extrovert because of the exposure that they get on screen. But actually, when you speak to them or hear their sort of transparent points of view, they are actually introverted which i find i find that really fascinating
1: yeah and i think and, and it, it is i mean it's a scale you know no one is a hundred percent introvert or a hundred percent extrovert it is a scale and we all probably have a comfortable place where we like to sit but actually depending on the situation we can move up or down the scale and so that's where people you know you may think yeah being very outgoing isn't a typically introverted trait but it can be but it's more about what happens afterwards so you kind of yeah you talk about social media you do your performance but actually it's then that you retreat to recharge um, yeah sort of afterwards
0: and I think that battery analogy is really uh, useful for a classroom as well because you could almost um, apply that to group work or you could apply that to break time and lunchtime being a time to recharge, especially if they've had a morning of P drama, then English, where it's a lot of discussion. It, they almost do, even midway through the day, perhaps, depending on their scale of introversion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I was talking to someone only last week about just that, you know, as the schools went back, no, sorry, it was two weeks ago, and she was saying yeah. her, her daughter was really struggling because there wasn't anywhere that she could go at lunchtime and I think particularly with the restrictions that are happening at the moment you know you can't yeah. stay in the classroom during break time and have a bit of you know well you can't go to the library she was saying and then actually once you're outside you're still outside with hundreds of other children and it's just really overwhelming so I think you're right recognising that actually and it doesn't have to be a long time always that recharge time but recognising that it is necessary and trying to find ways to fit it in the school day is really really important
0: so would you say that like remote learning, so home learning and homeschooling, which has obviously been our lives, like the lives of parents for the last year, is that something that schools could potentially look to incorporate to, to, to like on a more sustainable basis to support stu- introverted students or students with introverted tendencies, maybe to support, enable, support their learning?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there are certainly some elements of home learning that can suit introverts um, because they're not battling in the same way against maybe the louder voices in a classroom. I think in a remote environment, it can be easier to make sure that everyone gets gets their own airtime and i think also the other thing that online learning has been really beneficial for is the chat function because actually often prefer to express themselves through writing rather than through speaking or they often find it easier to express themselves that way so you know that can definitely um play to the introvert strengths but I think there are ways in the classroom that you can also bring in some of those sort of some of those strategies and and help the introverts so I don't think you know I'm not saying yes introverts should definitely all be at home homeschooled really no, of not, all the no. time. <laughs> absolutely not because you know as introverts we need connection we need other people as well and I think that's one of the other really damaging stereotypes that you know introverts don't like people and they want to be on their own all the time it's not that at all they just need some time on their own to recharge
0: so I guess it's those negative connotations like when you said before the word shy automatically in my mind came up like gender stereotypes Um, and I it would I from I don't know if there's any research or is there anything to suggest that perhaps there are more female introverted students um because I think that's kind of a stereotype to tackle maybe I don't think so I mean I'm not okay. an expert on the
1: gender split I have to say I do know that uh, sort of about 50% of the population is introvert but I'm not sure right. about the gender split within that and I think also it is hard to tell because some people hide their introversion or they don't understand yeah. their introversion so they spend so much time being sort of louder than and is that something that boys do more than
0: girls you know I, I don't I don't know enough about that really really to answer the phrase. That's really interesting actually because um I was thinking about it like before the podcast obviously. and like I, I wasn't sure whether um, thinking about my own classroom experiences and uh, just experiences with certain students and you start thinking of things like bullying or um, needing to uh, uh, if we think of the success model in schools and needing to go for a leading role in the play um, or Ofsted and um, just general guidance now is very much sur- around leadership skills in uh, schools. And I read um, a little bit about uh, Susan Kane's book, Quiet. Yes. Yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah. And um, she highlights uh, kind of dangers of leadership skills being promoted and celebrated so much as if, you know, we are all leaders or we all should be leaders or can be leaders. I mean, is that, do you, agree, do you think that is a, there's a slight danger associated with that rhetoric? For
1: Yeah, I think there is, but actually not just for introverts. It puts a lot of pressure yeah. on all children, doesn't it really? If that, you know, if, if the model of success is being, as you say, the leader in the play or, you know, the, the leader. So I think that's a pressure for all children. And I think again, with leadership, introverts can be leaders, but they're more likely to do it in a different way. So, you know, behind the scenes. And I think where introverts can work really well is actually in a collaborative sense um, in that because they don't generally like being the center of attention, they're actually far more likely to listen to all the voices around them, whereas extroverts can sometimes be distracted by just the louder voices simply because of the volume and because they're speaking more than everyone else. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there are different kinds of leadership. But actually, if you look at the, you know, there are so many kind of famous introverts. I mean, Bill Gates, um, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Barack Obama, sort of three that spring to mind who, you know, are not you know incredibly powerful leaders but yet do it in a in a different way you know you can sort of see that there's more of the kind of the quiet the introverted power behind what they do
0: um that's so so interesting because i would never bill gates maybe but i would never have looked at oprah or barack obama as introverts
1: And again, I think this is where, you know, there are so many misconceptions, aren't there? Because we do, you know, the stereotype is the quiet, the high, you know, the shy, the hidden, all this. But actually, it's not. It's about our energy. And once we know how to manage our energy, we can do anything that we want to do. You know, we just do it in our own way. And so I think, you know, to go back to your point about leadership, leadership sort of for the sake of leadership, I think is probably damaging to all children you know if that mm. if that sort of um seem for success but actually that we can all you know it's about playing to our own strengths and working out how we can best show up
0: as ourselves and do things that you know we can do to help ourselves but also help those around us so that seems so perhaps not seeing it as a label like introversion or extroversion as a label but seeing it more as an energy balance and even balancing that energy within classroom activities Um, thinking about which students you and uh, teachers do this anyway don't they perhaps like I know that they do like thinking which students you group with which students and who's more comfortable with working with in in isolation who's more comfortable with working in a group like having that flexibility in a classroom can really enable learning
1: yeah absolutely and I think introverts we because we often do you know we kind of process in our in our heads we need a bit of time to think and sometimes group environments can be um sort of intimidating if there is a lot of chat and we or you know we may have something to say but then we're not quite sure how to kind of come into the conversation so i think sometimes it can be really helpful to do some work on your own to get your um, sort of thoughts straight or maybe work in pairs as well because mm. actually if there are only two of you, there does have to be an interaction. But once you've had that small group, maybe you can then bring the group into a larger environment, which again, it means that even if the introvert isn't speaking up, their points will have been yeah. by you know their teammate who might then be an advocate for them in the larger groups so i think there are there are ways of changing the dynamics and as you said sort of you know it's, i know it's something that teachers are really conscious of how you group people but i think also it's quite interesting sort of the numbers of people that you group together or how you allow people to prepare as well because if introverts know what's coming up in a lesson they're far more likely to be able to contribute Um, in a meaningful way and I think that's another thing introverts don't generally like speaking for speaking's sake Um, There's sort of a stereotype they don't like small talk which I kind of get um, and I wouldn't necessarily put it that way myself but I think there is you know introverts prefer to talk if they have something to contribute rather than just to talk because they're expected to
0: so, that, so when it comes to, if I think of older students, uh, so students GCSE A level, and they're obviously now thinking about their career progression, not progression, starting that career, development, work experience, there's perhaps a, a kind of rhetoric around, you know, network, network and connect, make that small talk, make those big talk, whatever you want to call it, and um, How if if there's an introvert student listening to this, which I hope there is, um, how might they manage those situations? Because I think everything you've said really ties in with well-being for students at school as well. And even well-being for teachers, because it's like this little like just understanding or being conscious of this awareness can make a massive difference to their confidence. um, And just like you said, the knowledge of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when it comes to navigating that, those choices about career or university or apprenticeships, work experience, what kind of advice would you have for an introverted student?
1: I think there are a few things that you brought up there. I'll kind of start with the sort of the networking Sorry. piece. No, 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 that's fine. <laughs> it's
0: my fault. I'm excited. So,
1: so, sort of to start with the networking, because I think while I certainly, you know, even now, you know, and I don't mind networking, but I still kind of go, oh God, a room of people I don't know. How might? What am I going to say? How how am I going to introduce myself? Um, but there is there are things that we can do, and I think part of that is preparation. As introverts, we're likely to th- you know we think very deeply we sometimes overthink which isn't a great thing but you know we we think a lot so actually it's to think it's to prepare how you want to um how you want to present yourself so maybe you have a couple of set phrases about you know when someone asks you something um it's also if you find small talk difficult again maybe have a couple of questions that you can ask it could be something if you've watched a presentation together it could be something like well you know what was what was your favorite thing that they spoke about today Um, but it's just you know so preparation is a key part and I think then also you know use your introvert skills your introvert skills you're going to be listening you're going to be not just listening to what is said but you're also going to be noticing what isn't said and actually trust your instincts trust that you have got valuable things to add and actually that you probably are going to notice things that other people don't and you know so it's about and listen you know and again we're really good at listening so listen to what the other person's saying and that's going to help you find commonality find common grounds and lead you to sort of the next conversation and then and then you know how you can make connection and I think again introverts we're really good at making connection We're really good at making deep connections with people yeah um so it's it's you know it's don't see networking as this kind of extrovert playground see it as somewhere that you can make connections but do it on your own terms you don't have to connect with everyone in the room you know one or two with useful connections is actually far more
0: important so you know that's kind of the the network absolutely yeah and yeah. that's probably advice for extroverts as well to be fair like don't feel like you have to own or be the the room's best friend just yeah. find like work towards your strength strengths really yeah absolutely
1: and I think as far as kind of interviews go again it really depends who's interviewing you doesn't it because there are probably yes. some interview environments that are easier to to go into than others but I, again, I would re- you know, I've said it a few times, but preparation is so important. And obviously that's mm. the same for anyone. But I think for introverts, if you are put on the spot with a question, we need time to think. So yes, the more preparation you can do beforehand and trying to preempt what the questions may be, the better. But also if you are, then ask, ask something that, you know, you haven't prepared for don't panic, um, buy yourself some time and it may be helpful to have a kind of, oh okay that's an interesting question, Hang on. I haven't really thought about that, just give me a moment. And something as simple as that does give you a moment and allows your brain to process while this is going on. Um, and it really can make a huge difference and I think also another thing that some of the students who I've worked with feel very self-conscious if they don't answer a question immediately
0: and yeah. actually
1: take a second or two most people won't even notice but it's just because you feel that all eyes are on you oh my god they've asked me something I've got I've got to talk and actually just breathe take a moment and if you've got a holy phrase that's great but even if not just with those couple of seconds it can give you enough time to formulate your thoughts
0: yeah absolutely and it's it's really interesting like you say because there's not only the responsibility on the, on the individual going for the interview um, or speaking to in a, uh, contributing to a class, but there's a responsibility on the side of the employer or the, the person, the school um, or the teacher to educate themselves to allow for that time. So it might be that, oh, like I just keep thinking from like a club, if I'm looking, thinking about it from a classroom. Maybe pre-selecting the people who you're going to ask and letting them know, saying, I'll be asking you a question today about X or Y. Just have a think about that during the lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and teacher, we know the thing is there are the majority of teachers do this anyway, but I think the reminder or the fact that we almost need to be doing it all the time to a certain extent, because I think the more we do it as teachers, the more confidence will be built in students anyway you know they won't feel like they have to just show up for themselves there is somebody else showing up for them
1: yeah absolutely and I mean also a lot of teachers must be introvert as well. You know, 50% of the yeah. population are introvert. A huge number of teachers are introverts. And so they, again, must have their own coping strategies that they do to show up to the class to teach. But also mm. they must have had their strategies that they used when they were students. And I really wish this is something that was spoken about in schools because mm. I think it would be so helpful because any, any sort of shared experience helps, you know, if you feel that you're other. And I think that's something that does... Absolutely is yeah. introverts often think that they are other or that there's something wrong with them because they don't seem to fit with the narrative and the things that everyone else seems to find easy to do. And, you know, I just think it'd be wonderful if this was just something that was spoken about and, and not a big deal because it's to normalize that conversation because it's not like one is better or worse than the other. We need all different kinds of energies for successful teams. So it's really, you know, if you're ignoring the introverts and making them feel like they need to be extrovert, you're actually missing out of all the value that the introverts can, can
0: bring. Absolutely, and like you said, it is, it, you don't want them to feel like they're the other because that in itself is quite overwhelming. And there are so many, unfortunately, groups that do feel like they are the other in the school environment. And I, you know, I spoke to a student yesterday who said that it really interestingly said that school can sometimes make you feel the world is really small and therefore your sense of belonging really small like if you don't belong in here then you don't belong anywhere whereas actually if we enable everyone to be included in some way shape or form throughout their school life it is it will effectively of course it's going to have that kind of domino effect on positive well-being yeah absolutely absolutely because when you feel you don't belong
1: for whatever reason it's really hard because you feel always pushing against and I suppose with the introvert who doesn't belong they're probably more likely to retreat um, rather than to kind of push their way forward and and claim claim their spot and again that can be damaging from a student's perspective because maybe the teacher doesn't think that they're engaged or that they're interested
0: yes yeah
1: it's not that you know it's not that at all it's just that yeah it's it's hard when you don't see a space for people like you in the classroom
0: and you mentioned this in the blog as well about um and you know i remember doing it when i very first when i first started teaching oh um so-and-so doesn't contribute very much, Oh, they should really aim, the target is to aim to put their hand up at least once every lesson. Um, And I soon very quickly learned actually, when I um, changed ways of marking in the classroom and doing more verbal assessment, and I guess talking to the kids, (laughs) really, (laughs) and getting to know them. Whenever a parent would ask me that at parents' evening, which was pretty much every parents' evening, It was like, no, it doesn't make a difference. Like, it's fine. They don't need to, I know that they're on track. I know that they're learning. They show me in different ways. They do not need to put their hand up to show me that they get it.
1: Yeah, And I think that's great that you do have that awareness. I think, unfortunately, most teachers, and I don't want to be speaking out of turn, but certainly in the experience that I've had with my own children and with my clients and their parents, there is still a huge pressure about speaking up and
0: almost that it's over quantity as in the the amount of speak up rather than actually quality and i completely agree and it is one of those um and this is the whole point of school should be it is one of those uncomfortable conversations because it's not always if i think about it from a teacher's point of view lesson observations ofsted Uh, lesson interviews it's always about how many of the class are engaged how do we judge that within a 30 minute or 20 minute snapshot Mm. and it is by hands up and I think there's a wider systemic issue there which needs to be addressed by Ofsted or people who design policy um, to perhaps notice that a student could be scribbling or writing away or thinking or um, listening to other people contributing, that is all still learning and it is yeah. all still valuable learning. Because um, I know teachers, I remember it myself, it was a subconscious thing, and especially in observed um, observation lessons, where if there were only th- the same three or four people putting their hands up, mm-hmm. because you knew they loved contributing and i you don't want to kind of quell that either. Mm-hmm. But then there were, I would know my students and I would know others would be making notes but it was always something you're called up on by the head teacher or the deputy or your line manager, Ofsted inspector and that's definitely something to address.
1: And I think it's also, I mean, and I completely agree with um, with all your points. I think there probably is something systemic because actually it's a very one-dimensional sort of um, a one-dimensional way of evaluating, isn't it? If it's just about you know hands in the air, number of people who who speak. And I think also it's slightly ironic that um, you know the gold standard for how you assess children and actually what they're meant to do is happens in silence you know exams yeah. happen in silence if you're not so For how much they've learned it's in silence you know and it's like why are we not allowed to do this in the classroom why is it only at the end of the year when you have your exams or whatever it is that you're
0: allowed to be quiet that is so I hadn't even thought of that that is so true because of all of the flaws in the current issues well not current like ongoing issues around the exam system that is such a good point that we assess students like the kind of roadmap of success is an exam um that's so interesting yeah very true, very yeah, true. Whether,
1: whether exams are the right way to assess or not you know that's another yeah. whole conversation but exactly. I think it just is that actually you know you spend the whole child's you know time in a classroom telling them to talk but actually when you want to know what they've learned you want them to be quiet <laughs> so.
0: so yeah absolutely gosh yeah that's definitely something to think about and for teachers to take on board so as a parent um, so I've got a little boy. He's only two. Um, he's, I'd say he's quite a bit of an extrovert at the moment with the terrible twos. Um, from home, how can a parent, I guess, notice if their child is an introvert um, from a young age and support it? Yeah, I think, I
1: mean, there's, there's been research that has been done looking at very young babies, actually, and how they react to stimulus. And right. if they react strongly to a noise or whatever it is um, they are more likely to be introvert whereas if they are calmer when there's loads of kind of hullabaloo and stuff going on it is more likely they will they are extrovert or will become extrovert so it seems as though it is something that we have from birth Um, wow we can learn to manage it in different ways you know if we don't think it's the right thing to do or whatever but it seems as though that you know the research shows that actually you can identify babies, and they will generally sort of continue with with those traits. So I think as a parent, I mean, the main thing again, it comes down to education because if you don't know what an introvert or an extrovert is, yeah, um, you're not going to be able to recognise it. And also, I think it depends if you. Um, are an introvert who had an awful time at school or an awful time but as a child if you see that in your child you're going to you're probably going to want to try and change them yourself because you're like oh my god it was really awful for me growing up whereas for the extroverted parent, you might look at your child and go oh, I don't get them you know I, I just yes why why they why why, why, why why don't they want to go and ask for um I don't know an ice cream if you go into a shop which is something that for yeah. introverts can be a really big deal but so I you know I really think it has To come down to education and not just education of the children themselves, but actually the parents to be able to recognize and to be able to normalize it. Because I think that's a real thing to kind of validate and go, okay, I understand that as an introvert, these are things that don't come naturally to you, or these are things that are challenging for you. That's okay, you know, but let's work out what's important for you to be able to do. Because if any of these traits are holding you back from things you really want to be doing, let's yes. work out ways to help you and let's work out ways to make these things easier for you um, and i think also within the classroom again it's for the parents being an advocate of their child so you know i know i have sat in parents evenings um where i've had the well yes you know she's doing really well but she really needs to contribute more in class and i've kind of nodded whereas actually what i should have going, go well, hang on a minute now a why is this being a measure of um of value, or um, but also, well, she's an introvert. And actually, what are you as a teacher doing to help her? Yeah, absolutely. To help her feeling comfortable in the classroom. So I think that point of advocacy as a parent is really important, and to trust your instincts. That actually, if something's happening at school that you don't feel comfortable with or that you know your child doesn't feel comfortable with, just to try and work with the the staff to actually try and find a way forward for them. Because for introverts, if we are more reticent, we're gonna find it harder to speak up for ourselves anyway. So we do sometimes need, particularly when younger, our parents to help us.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes complete sense. And I think, um, like you said, I guess in terms of the research around, babies is really interesting to say that from just the way they're stimulated um, that can just start showing personality traits, I guess. And how do we work towards that? Like, for example, I've noticed with my little one, he's not phased at all. Like if we, obviously at the moment, it's a little bit difficult, but if you're at the park, socially distanced, of course, or in a soft, before we could go to soft play, um, he was quite happy just playing by himself and not phased at all by the older kids or his, like people like him coming around him. And part of me was like, he's not engaging. Is that a problem? is he scared is he but really I should just go with it and just be like well he's quite happy if, if he is uncomfortable he will come to me and my responsibility as a parent is to make him feel safe and happy and to know that there are ways of him to thrive in every single atmosphere
1: and I think that worrying about your child being on their own or not interacting is really really common among well I yeah. mean amongst all parents but particularly parents if their child is more introverted That and it and it's it's kind of it's the difference between if they're happy playing on their own and you know maybe they don't do it all the time maybe they just do it in certain scenarios versus if they are becoming more withdrawn and if yeah. they sort of a change you know and that is when you you may need to be more concerned and actually do something about it but actually some kids just like being on their own some kids like being on their own a lot and some people just like it a bit and that's that's yeah. fine but again because there is this whole extrovert pressure to join in to be part of a group to you know oh um they're not you know they're not interacting that as parents it's very easy to get swept up in that and actually we don't often or well, most of the time we probably don't need to worry actually if the kids are okay yeah just let them get on with it
0: yeah i guess it is those kind of social social norms or expectations that we've just become accustomed to um, and it, but it's really refreshing actually that we're now living in an era where we are starting to speak up and be allies and advocate for everyone in a way just in different and it is it is a refreshing kind of time if we look at it in a positive way no um, absolutely i agree what would your two pieces of advice be for an introverted teenager at school a teenager who's perhaps listening to this podcast and thinking okay I might you know I'm not shy but sometimes I do have they sort of recognize things about their energy balance or they do need to recharge after after being um, in and amongst a, a quite a, a large crowd or they do struggle not struggle but networking isn't necessarily there favorite thing. They've got those introverted tendencies, but they feel like, I mean, I've spoken to several adults. I think I mentioned this to you like outside of the podcast where um, several adults have said to me, well, you know, it is what it is. Unfortunately, we just have to get used to the world being an extroverted place, which is problematic in itself. Like that saying that is problematic um, because we then become part of the problem. So as an introverted teenager what advice would you have for them? I think um,
1: just but before I sort of give, a, give the advice just that whole thing about oh you know it's an extrovert's world you just got to get used to it I think it's really very depressing and obviously damaging mm. to the introverted um, you know children or people who sort of feel that they're not measuring up to the sexual thing. And I think, you know, if we are talking about being more inclusive, um, being more diverse, if you sort of substituted introversion for anything else, you know, so, oh, well, you know, you can't do anything about sexism, it's just the way the world is, you know, people yeah. <laughs> would be yeah. up in arms. And actually, this is kind of, you know, introversion is talking about 50% of the population. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You know, that in itself is really, really needs addressing. And I think, you know, for, the introverted students I kind of I see you I hear you it is really hard when you are in this environment that you are sort of messages that maybe there's something wrong with you that maybe you need to be fixed and I think really the best thing you can do is to understand your introversion and to look for role models maybe of other introverts to realize that there isn't anything wrong with you. And there really isn't anything wrong with you. You know, think about all the powers that introverts have. You know, we are the deep thinkers, we're the problem solvers, we are reflective, we're gonna notice things that other people don't see. We are good probably gonna be really good at writing because actually we often find it easier to write than to speak. So I think you know, one part of it is to really understand your introversion and I think another thing that can really help is actually if you are able to to communicate it to other people because again I know from sort of um teenagers who I've worked with their friends can get really offended if a teenager says well you know I don't want to go out tonight or actually I just need a bit of time to myself and they're like what's wrong with you you know why don't you want to hang out with us and actually it's not that it's just that as an introvert you need some quiet time and you need to go do you know what I just need a couple of hours on my own I'll see you tomorrow but actually yes. I kind of like I can't do anything today so I think if you are able to communicate and um, probably you will find out that you're not the only person who is feeling that way um because actually the likelihood is in a classroom there are going to be you're not going to be the only introvert
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so fair, and actually... a fair number of you there And and being confident or developing a a sense of confidence and ownership around that can can do wonders for student well-being Mm -hmm. and student mental health as well, I think. Because, again, you don't want to be, I can imagine as a teenager, you don't want to have that peer pressure of, like, I have to go out, but I really don't want to go out. Mm -hmm. So if I don't want to go out, does that mean I don't belong? But actually, it's not that at all. It's just that you are absolutely within your rights and within yourself allowed to say i'll see you later i'll see you tomorrow or i'll miss i don't really want to contribute today ask me tomorrow is that okay like i'll write it down instead do you know what i mean like being able to have those healthy that healthy dialogue
1: i do and i think you know it's about boundaries isn't it and all of us
0: yes need healthy
1: boundaries to protect ourselves and i think you know there can be um sort of a concern that people hide behind their boundaries or could hide behind their introversion or their extroversion whatever it is you know and that's not what I'm advocating at all but what I am saying is the more that we're able to talk about this the more that we're able to normalize that we are you know we have different temperaments some of us are introverts some of us are extroverts it just makes things so much easier and I think also for the introverts there's one other thing which I don't think I've talked about which is the comfort zone and again, this is sort of a real narrative. It's all about, you know, you've got to push yourself out of your comfort zone. You've got to feel the fear and do it anyway. Yes. Um, yeah. And this, this for extroverts is actually within their comfort zone because extroverts thrive on adrenaline and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone creates adrenaline. Um, us introverts don't thrive on adrenaline at all. You know we can right. do anything that we want to but actually to be more effective as um, an introvert you're more likely to just sort of want to do it step by step you will kind of ease yourself into discomfort go okay right i can do that that's fine right what's the next thing i'm going to do and it's sort of a, more of a kind of tortoise versus hare approach and actually the introverts right. will get to where they want to but with that pressure to be pushed out of their comfort zone it will certainly for me, it goes against every cell in my body. <laughs> and I'm kind of screaming at going, no, I can't do it. You know, but I know I can achieve great things, but I have to do it in my own way. And that is what I would say to the introverted team, I just do trust yourself, trust that you're not broken, but you don't need fixing. You can do anything you want to do, but embrace your introversion and actually work with it because that's
0: what's going to help you succeed. That's such important advice around the comfort zone because I mean as a millennial who is has grown up now with social media sort of taking over, the amount of images or um, like posts about step out of your comfort zone. And, you know, it's a good thing, feel the fear. And, like, and and if you don't, then there's something wrong with you. Like there's a lot of, like if you read in between the lines of those social media, and I know this is a different conversation, but well, it's not necessarily a different conversation, but when you read in between the lines of that rhetoric, it is quite like, okay, I'm, I need to be doing this. I should If I'm not pushing myself out of my comfort zone, then I must be a failure. Then I must um, have, like, there must be something wrong with me. Yeah. And it's so interesting to hear the sort of parallels between that mm-hmm. and introversion. Yeah. Because like you said, it's not that. It's not polarized in that. An introvert is an introvert, period. Mm-hmm. And an extrovert is an extrovert, full stop. Like, actually, we can all have tendencies of both. We don't need to be all or nothing, um, and it's just and none. About and
1: none, it. n- none of us will be all or nothing. I mean, it was sort of I think it was Carl Jung who Carl Jung who sort of, you know, first, and bought the terms of introversion extroversion. He said, you know, if anyone were one hundred percent either, they would be mad. You know, you cannot be <laughs> fully introverted or fully extrovert. We'd be locked up. You know, so we do. We want to exist. And As you say, we are. We are all a mix of traits, and I think that's where it can get confusing. Because people are like, oh, well, you can't be introverted because you like going up on stage and playing your guitar or you can't be extroverted because you like reading or, you know, I mean, I don't know, whatever it is. And we're all in a mix. But by understanding the mix and understanding the things that are easier for us and the things that are harder for us, it's how we know to work with that and how we can then challenge ourselves and how we can, you know, I'm going to say step out or rather be pushed out of our comfort zone. But it's that, you know, it's another... There's another brilliant introvert coach and she talks about dancing on the edge of your discomfort. So it's almost like you've got one foot in your comfort zone and one foot out. And for introverts, actually, that is often the best way for us to make changes and to move forward.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you know what, I think, I mean, maybe maybe I'm in maybe, well, like you said, there are introverted tendencies in me because everything you've just said really resonates. Mm-hmm. Um, so lastly, if you were to give some advice to a school to try and make their kind of school culture wholly inclusive to introverts well to introverts what advice would you have for a school because you know whether schools are built for introverts is uh well I guess two quite actually two questions (laughs) are do you think schools are built for introverts and if they are not or even if they are what could all schools do to improve their cultures and become wholly inclusive of this personality?
1: Okay, I'm going to answer your second, first question first, and then I'll go. Okay, first <laughs> first one. sorry. So, um, no, I, I mean I think it all comes down to awareness and it all comes down to education and I think introversion is something that really doesn't seem to be discussed in schools or in families or you know it is very rarely discussed I think if that were something that schools started to talk about even from a really early age and that you just understood that okay we, we're slightly different. Some of us are more introverted, some of us are more extroverted, and I think to start those conversations and to bring and to bring them out and just to normalise it, because I think there are so many stigmas around introverts and introversion that actually that normalising and that validating of experience of a lot of the students would make a huge difference and as we talked about a bit there are some other kind of practical things that you can do by allowing sort of time for preparation by maybe having smaller group work rather than large groups um, by giving the you know not just calling on people in class but actually giving them some time to think before they contribute and those i think are quite easy tweaks that that can be made in a classroom environment um, but i think really it has to come down to education you know there are so yeah. there's some, as i say if the dictionaries haven't even got the definition right yes it's yeah. a really yeah. really hard you know it's a it's a really hard place um, for introverts to come into the world where you kind of you know you're you're up against up against that so i think yeah educate normalize it and that would just make such a difference to so many of the students and i think to start for weather- conversation Yeah. And that's the thing. And it is about starting conversation. And I mean, you know, I work with I mean, predominantly teenagers, but I have one client at the moment who's in their late 70s. And they're only just realizing that they're introverts. So, so many of the things that they found really difficult in their lives, things with relationships, things that they can't do, and things that they need to be fixed, are actually just that they're introverts. And you think this person's got to nearly age 80, spent their entire life thinking there's something wrong with them. And I really don't want any more teenagers or children, you know, anyone to have to go through that because you don't need fixing. There's nothing wrong with you. You know, introversion is, is a gift, it really is. Um, if you if you learn how to use it um, and yeah so your second question are schools built for introverts I think probably sadly not or not or not enough mm. you know I know that teachers obviously do the best that they can to try and accommodate all the students in their class and you know a lot of them do a really good job but I think just adding in that difference of introversion extroversion would actually be really helpful for all of the students.
0: Yeah definitely That's so interesting um, because I think that you know that there's so much work that needs to be done and should be done about school environment, school structure, structure of the day, the way we, uh, the structure of the physical classroom perhaps. Um, Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, And if parents or even schools want to hear more from you, where can they find you? So they
1: can find me, my website is Quietosophy um, or you can find me on LinkedIn at Sophie Morris Coaching.
0: Thank you. And I will um, tag your uh, information about where uh, parents in uh, schools can find you, because I think they should. um, Because I think it would be extremely useful. And you do provide training, don't you, for schools as well?
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I offer kind of introversion awareness training for schools. I also offer courses and coaching for um, parents and for teenagers. And hopefully when restrictions allow, there will be some workshops happening as well
0: great well thank you so much for your time it's been really really interesting um and i'm sure we've helped and hopefully reassured several students and teachers well
1: no i hope so it's been lovely talking to you zahara and you know thank you so much for kind of your support for everything that i do and for kind of getting it because i think it is really- oh
0: thank you no it is it's thank you so much and we will speak to you soon perfect okay thanks bye bye Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, please do leave us a review and share it with your friends and family so they can also learn all about what school should be. Until next time, speak to you soon.